I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the second ever episode of The Rugby Dungeon. Today's guest is going to be Tom Brady, the sale and soon-to-be Lester Winger, who is a tremendously interesting character and also has a background in player representation through the RPA. So there's lots of stuff to talk about in terms of player welfare and also just his experiences around the game. Um, I really hope you enjoy the interview. I've incorporated all of your feedback from last week's Dean Schofield interview. So instead of just hearing me interviewing Tom, you've got me and the delightful Phil, who will be sitting upon my second chair. Now, if you don't like adverts... And I can't imagine why you wouldn't. They're funny, they're insightful, they're informative. Well, you can skip to minute three, roughly minute three. I don't know. You can skip to whenever I'm done. I won't be that offended. Or if you're a great lad or girl who likes to buy razors, you can listen to this advert for Cornerstone Razors. Cornerstone are the UK's leading brand of subscription razors. I use them. Phil uses them. Many countless thousands of people use Cornerstone because they are simply the best razor company out there. Don't listen to my views on this. Look at the awards, beating people like Wilkinson Sword, Gillette, and multiple, countless others. Now, I know what you're thinking. How do I get hold of Cornerstone razors? Well, it's quite simple. Go online, go to www.cornerstonerazors forward slash rugby dungeon or use the discount code dungeon at checkout for 20% off um, why do you get 20% off? well because we're great guys and Cornerstone are great guys and as such they've given you a deal perfect uh, you can start with plans for as little as £4 a month uh, I have currently just received my third Cornerstone box and I can tell you now the blades last for ages so um, I probably need to actually downgrade my subscription because they are that good talk about killing your own market hey so cornerstone.co.uk forward slash dungeon or the checkout code dungeon and of course Tommy John where is all of the innovation in endwear gone? We simply don't, don't know. We have an innovation in cars, planes, trains, phones, everything. Underwear still stuck in the, the 14th century or whatever it is. Not anymore. Tommy John Underwear. The world's leading brand of underwear. I was going to say UK's, but it wouldn't be true. It'd be the world's leading, leading brand. If you're interested to find out exactly where all the peer-reviewed studies have gone for underwear innovation, well, here it is, Tommy John. Uh, look at their stuff. I think it's absolutely superb. And if you don't like it, 
It's simple. They will give you your money back. If the, if you don't think that Tommy John's products are simply the best products available, they will refund you there and then. All you need to do is go to uh, tommyjohn.com and use the code rugby at checkout. Boom. Three minutes on the nose. So you can now enjoy my me and Phil talking to Tom Brady about rugby. So here we are in the rugby dungeon. We are joined with the most famous name in sport, a man who is, well, is at sale, but shortly going to Leicester. Mr Tom Brady, how are we, sir? Very well, thank you. Thank you for having me in the dungeon, you call it. I was thinking more of a man cave, but dungeons intimidated me a little bit. It's all right, isn't it? No, I like it, mate. We've got, we've got some bits and pieces. We've also got a Tom Brady, well, not Tom Brady's signed shirt, a Tom, a Tom Brady shirt. That there is a Lewis Avion Roberts shirt which I accumulated because I went to watch... I'm sure it was, like, your first game, and it was a friendly against someone, like, like pre-season friendly. Could be. It's UK fast. That was the first It was season. a long, long time ago. Uh, yeah. And as soon as they went Tom, uh, Tom Brady, I got very, very excited because <laughs> I'm an NFL fan, went and bought the biggest shirt, that, the shirt that I possibly could. Oh, I wonder who it was. Was it, like, Treviso? Was it an Italian oh, team? I don't know. You absolutely battered him, yeah. and, and you scored. yeah. So, uh, yeah, pretty, pretty nice shirt, actually. Yeah, I'm happy with that. One. Yeah, it looks good. So, how are the, prep- the preparations going for your move to Leicester? Um, physically, not so well. I've been on a lot of stag do's these last couple of weeks <laughs> and um, drinking a fair amount of ale. But um, the house is all sorted down there. They've been very helpful, to be honest. The team manager there has been ringing and texting, emailing and oh, keeping... Nice. Yeah, so it's been been really well looked after so far by them. So. Where, have you, where have you been on your stags? Uh, so I've just done Bournemouth Sevens. Oh, nice. Uh, Did you actually play? No. Which <laughs> <laughs> actually works out quite nice for the rugby podcast, <laughs> doesn't it? But I can't, honestly, it is a brilliant, brilliant event. The festival mm. of music and there's netball, there's hockey sevens, there's a dodgeball tournament. Oh, I've played oh. dodgeball. It's a, it's, sorry, it's a dog shit sport. Yeah. It, looks- it's, <laughs> it is basically for people that, there's a certain, there are some sports, right, where I think, they're for men who aren't really into sports. Yeah. CrossFit's up there. Yeah. You know? if you ru- I disagree with CrossFit. Oh, come on. If you were rubbish at sport... Oh, sorry, and Phil's, Phil's here too. Hello, Phil. Hi, JB. <laughs> Easy to forget. <laughs> in the corner. Um, yeah, if you were rubbish at sport, say you were never good at the fo- in the football team or yeah. you never played rugby, and then all of a sudden this kind of love-bombing thing, like if you're an, like an alpha Christian when you go to the gym, all of a sudden you want to snatch weights and do pull-ups. Mate, you couldn't nail it any better. Everyone who's in CrossFit, no coordination. Exactly. <laughs> no, accu- no, like technique to anything. It's just being strong and being quick at being strong. They should That's do it. a. They should do a module in CrossFit, and you've got to do like um, hand, uh, eye, hand ha- coordination, coordination thing, like juggling thing. or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or even just catch and pass, like six, six, you can catch a ball. Sixty, pre- sixty press ups and two minutes juggling or skipping. <laughs> <laughs> the Definitely. other one as well is. Um, uh, what is it? Mixed netball. Wow. Yeah, I played mixed netball for three seasons, right? Yeah. Because. Well, it was, it was possibly the easiest in, in endeavour that I've ever embarked on. All you'd get is, like, guys in the office who, I guess, don't speak to women that that, that often. Yeah. Joining, like, the KPM, KPMG team. And we played, like, we were all... I'm 6'2", and I was by far the smallest there of the three lads three lads, lads, lads that we talk. And we just battered everyone. It's great nice. fun. They play, they play a lot in uh, the Pacific Islands, don't they? Samoa, Fiji, Tonga. They play, like, genuine men's netball. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. in fact. Yeah, same with um, Jamaica. 
because to defend Jamaica. Yeah, because we lost to a team at the end, and they had their their star striker. I saw him his name now, David, because I was playing uh, <laughs> goalkeeper, and like you just couldn't stop him. It was like pass move, pass move, pass move. Yeah. It's a great sport when it's played well, but generally speaking, it's not played well, and that was my point. I have, I've actually when when it's on the Super League now, isn't it? Or su- is it called the Super League? It's on the Sky Sports. We were approached about this. Actually. It's really good. It Did you good. go because? We were in B- the BBC. Yeah. And then you got approached, didn't you, for oh, the, yeah, these, for the well, Super League? That was it, yeah. And they had the Manchester Thunder versus the Yorkshire... Dynamos what? or something. Yeah, we'll call it Dynamos. <laughs> and uh, yeah, they had the, it was like their biggest crowd ever for a, you know one of these Power League games. I really want to go because... like it's we really good. Well, we played with these two girls and they were absolutely mint. Like, yeah, they, yeah. Like they'd be catching the ball and passing it before their two feet, two feet landed. It was yeah. very, very it's impressive. Fast. It's fast and it's quick and... You know, these girls are pretty aggressive. Like, it's pretty feisty stuff. It's good. And shoot, shooting without a backboard as well. Yeah, there's I'm a sure bit of skill involved. The Northern Super League, which makes me laugh because where, are there, where else would you host something called the Super League? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> M62 Corridor. Yeah. Uh, so where, so you've been to Bournemouth? Bournemouth Sevens. Um, was at London. It's all been quite, you know, all, all UK-based so far. Uh, I was in London uh, for Joe Ford. It was his stag day. Oh, was it? Yeah, he's getting married in the summer. Um, this one was Liam Yulek, who's up at Leeds. Yeah. Or Yorkshire, I should say. Liam um, I know that name. He, he played at Sale, didn't he? Liam Yulek. Yeah. Yeah, he did, yeah. He was up. That's Luce, it. Luce said prop. Correct. That's yeah. the one, yeah. yeah. That's the one. I bet all you guys are trying to just ram in as many stag dudes as you well, can now. Well, yeah, this time of one time of the year, isn't it? When we get our off-season, obviously you make all your pals through rugby, so then all your stag dudes are with your rugby lads, and it's what all crammed is, in. See, it's interesting, isn't it? Because rugby's got such a reputation for hard drinking. In the, in the amateur levels, but yeah. you guys, you know, you're in seriously good shape, seriously good athletes. <laughs> what is the actual standard of drinking like? I can't imagine it's actually that good. I think if we compare it to the amateur rugby, we'd be well drank under the table, but we still see away a fair amount. Like, this bomb <laughs> yeah. was pretty heavy just, on the belly, like. Just in terms of the size of the, some of the boys compared to civilians, yeah. you're going to be able to put away a you little, can make, yeah. Imagine like a little yeah. bit more. Yeah. An, avian, an avian Lewis Roberts re- really hammering him down. Oh, my Not word. a problem. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, don't get in around with Fridge. No, well, There's a- getting around with him. His brother owns a pub and everything. <laughs> um, but I can't really imagine the Fords being a... Out for more than a couple of points. Oh, well, Lee Emulet did very well. Like, as a stag, I, like, can we say all this? I suppose we'll yeah, try, won't we? Okay, so I drove, I was the driver for the minibus, all the way down to Bournemouth, three and a half hour trekking, proper rugby lads on tour in the back, Lee Emulet, pint of port, a uh, pint of port, a bottle of port strapped to one hand, a <laughs> uh, bottle of rose strapped to the other. Nice. And you had to have them both finish before we had our first stop. So we all pile in the bus at 6am. Fair play. And then at uh, it comes to about 15 minutes past six. We're like, right, McDonald's brekkie. <laughs> so he starts gulping and gulping and gulping. Obviously, we we didn't stop, but he just we made him neck him all. We're like, right, we're coming off next services. Drove straight past. He's like, are you joking me? <laughs> obviously, we got the stag stitched up. He was absolutely written off. And yeah, drinking games, uh, obviously, you know, followed that. It was class. Were you the only pros at the, at the no, Bournemouth um, Sevens? I imagine that there must be like pros from all around the country on yeah, Stag Dudes heading towards the Bournemouth Sevens. Uh, Shane Williams was there. Oh, um, was it? Tom Varndell. Uh, he was he was the man who sorted us out, actually, so thank you, Tom, for the tickets. Oh, nice. <laughs> um, and obviously, yeah, well, Will Cliff was part of the Stag Do. Um, 
Tom Holmes and a handful yeah. of the Doncaster lads How, came over the what's Bristol What's your link lads. to uh, Tom? Oh, Tom Holmes. Sorry, Tom Holmes. the second row, not Homer. Not Homer, sorry. Right, no. Tom okay. Holmes, second row, yeah. Is he a, where's he now? He's just signed for Nottingham, actually. Ah, has yeah, he? Yeah, he's been the skipper at um, Rotherham for a few seasons now and uh, Nottingham have picked him up. He's a really talented player, actually. He's good. He yeah. played with you for a little while, did he not? Yeah, I played with him for a few seasons at Sedgley. Yes, you will have him. That's yeah. the one. Yeah. He's good, good lad. Yeah, big, strong... Just you know, you'll graft all day for your type yeah. player. Well, there's quite a few of you now. I say a few of you. There's quite a few ex Sale who have headed off down to Bristol. Yes. Yeah, so you, you you constantly in touch with those guys. Yeah, yeah. There's to be honest, a lot of lads who I came through the academy with at Sale, which was you know I'm 25 now, so a lot of lads have moved on now in uh, different clubs here and everywhere, and you know through the means of WhatsApp and all the rest of it we all keep in touch quite regularly and FaceTime and so what's the WhatsApp group called like loaded Excel players <laughs> <laughs> the ones that have moved yeah <laughs> in the championship so it says see you later dimes <laughs> uh, where do you reckon that they're going to go next uh, at Bristol I mean obviously we know that they're in the premiership yeah but in terms of signings where do you... I do well if, I if think they'll be alright I think if I had to guess, I think they'll be maybe third from bottom. Do you reckon? Yeah, I don't. I can't see them being. Did, if you watch the rugby they play, they, they did play some good stuff, um, but equally some pretty turnstile defence at times. So it was actually. Um, yeah, I, I'm unsure, but I, I wish them all the best. To be fair, a lot of my mates are there, and I do actually hope they do well. They've got a great setup. I mean, that stadium looks unbelievable, didn't it? When they were, yeah. It's you know, and you can see some real good like West Country derbies being played over that way. So yeah, the I Bath think Bristol one historically is a huge derby. It'll be it? a sellout that, won't it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, yeah. I mean, the other thing as well is they've got some like the eighth richest man in the UK. Yeah, crazy. Them. Something like that. It's it's ridiculous. Yeah. So if they chose to spend up to the salary cap and bring in two marquee players, which they could potentially do, yeah, they could. Uh, certainly push for the top six. Well, I wouldn't suggest top four, but it's if they bring in players and it's kind of who's available at, at almost short notice because a, yeah. a lot of clubs have already the done their business. Top year. lads will be signed up earlier on, won't they? Like you say, and those that are available, few and far between, that are like the you know top six Premiership players. So it was. Where, where would you kind of see them signing if you were? Like, would, do you think a, a ten, a top class ten, would be top of their shopping list? Uh, they had Sheedy starting there, didn't they? Yeah, yeah but massive. I think he, you know what he, so he was down at Bournemouth and thought, you know met him and he's a lovely lad as well, which I think is the most important thing in anyone. But yeah, class play. I think to have played only three or four games and then be man of the match for the semi, man of the match for the fact, you know, he's he was brilliant and I think himself and Will Will Cliff at nine, like I think those two combined are, are probably the two strongest players they've got, and wow. the uh, you know they'll do very well with just that as a nine ten. I do think because um, they they've got Jack Lamb as well, yeah, as an open side class, yeah. who is yeah, he's I like, think he is very the, good, potentially the real deal. Yeah, well, there's in, it's interesting, isn't it? Where would you go? Would you go to Japan and find I don't know whoever it would be, Pocock or someone? <laughs> Unlikely to get Pocock has just signed a three-year deal with weird, Pan- isn't it? I mean, Panasonic, the Brumbies, he, and Wallabies. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's all about trees, and then he goes and plays for a, a team sponsored by a megacorp. Yeah, yeah, but he, one of the his, did you read his statement on that? No, was it? He that, did say that kind of their uh, initiatives and in giving back to the game and the environment and society. Really? And you get like free electronical devices. Yeah, and he's getting paid whatever is it, a million Australian dollars a year. So that that probably helped just as much as the uh, environmental stuff. 
Mm, maybe. Uh, and the other one, London. That seems to me like the most expensive stag do you could you could possibly oh arrange. Oh my god! Yeah. So the reason behind London was because so Joe's brother George and a few lads at Wasps. Obviously, they were involved in finals and England camps and all the rest of it. So to get everyone in the same place, roughly the same time, was tr- pretty tricky. And from Croatia to Barcelona to finally, we're just going to have to do London. So, oh, I um, see. Yeah, London it was. And it was great crack. Like, the lads knew where to go. And I honestly had one of the best days of my life. Went to a place called Flight Club, like a darts place. And oh. you have, like, electronic scoreboard that's all touch screen. It comes up on the big screen above the dart. But honestly brilliant a place called flight club couldn't recommend it enough whereabouts in london was that then couldn't tell you i was pissed <laughs> <laughs> is, it, is the third ford playing playing rugby uh yeah jacob he's uh well he's i don't think well from joe from speaking to joe and george he's not as uh diehard as those, those two like live and breathe the game you, do they like you, you go for a coffee with joe and he'll just talk about rugby for half an hour oh nice you should go for a coffee with phil <laughs> You've, honestly he, joe would be really good here but you'd never ever drag him down here that's I, I, do you know what i've got um jay, uh, jay you're a big lad you could drag him down I, here. I, I could drag a ford down here yeah. they're really small <laughs> uh, I, I you, i've got i've got a little way way into the fords i um <laughs> work up <laughs> work up in oldham right Oh, and, uh, yeah, you know, if you want a, a, a celebrity, the Fords in Oldham are the <laughs> the celebrity. Every, everyone seems to know. So I'm rec- I reckon I can get someone who, someone who knows a Ford. You will know someone who knows. Bigger than C- Sinfield or Eastmond. Definitely bigger than Eastmond. Maybe not not Sinning. Sir Sir Kev. Sir, yeah, Sir Kev. But I, think, <laughs> I think he's got him saved as Sir Kev in his phone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm I'm pretty sure. We, um, we we met Sir Kev the other week. Oh, yeah. A couple of weeks ago at a Canterbury event, and did actually call him Sir Kev. <laughs> I thought he was. Is he not a Sir? No, I don't know. He might have like an OBE or something. He's certainly not a sir. Yeah, he's not a sir. And there's like a KBE. I don't know. I don't know, I don't I don't know, know how it works. OBMBE. Yeah, I mean, she's definitely got an OBE. So I've, I imagine he has, and he probably does deserve one for. Yeah, definitely. You know, everyone knows rugby league as a result of his successes. So that yeah, very mm. very true. I think MBE MBE member of the Empire, or, or was it member? Uh... Most excellent order of the British Emba- Empire. Most excellent the order. order of chivalry. That's Mark Quaito MBA, isn't he? Is he? Is he? Was he MBA or? <laughs> GMBQ? Very, very quick Wikipedia rules, <laughs> it. Mark Quaito. Yeah, he got his, didn't he? MBA? Yeah, it was only recently, Mark. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Well, going back to who's bigger, like in Oldham, <laughs> is it Sinfield or is it the Fords? I think I know the answer to this. Sinfield, in terms of his absolute state. Uh, stature and definitely within the, in the business community you know, you know, you know everyone knows who he is yeah. de- certainly but the Fords have that their lovely boys thing going on like <laughs> so all the secretaries in work if you mention Mike, Mike uh, Joe lovely Jacob um, lovely George life. lovely boy all lovely boys all <laughs> oh, the lovely boys I bet they're nice to their mother I bet they're <laughs> yeah. real nice boys is he trying to his boys that be ni- ni- nice to their mum oh yeah they are they're good they are actually very uh, very grounded very down to her family and it's old, it's yeah. old and female. They're, they're, they're all quite nice um, from around that area. Yeah, he's, they are, they're, they're a real good set and, yeah, proud to call them in there, yeah. Um, with Sale, then, you've just finished off the season. Um, for the players that are departing, do you have, like, one last kind of, you know, um, go, go, um, going out or yeah, drink around yeah. Manchester, that sort of thing? Oh, well, we're fortunate because we, uh, we had our last game in Newcastle. Mm-hmm. Um, excellent drinking venue. So oh, of course yeah. it was, yeah. We uh, we stayed up in Newcastle. So 
I wasn't involved in the in the last game, so I ended up drinking on the bus on the way up to the game along with all the rest of the non the non twenty three squad. So I watched the game, got pretty drunk. All the lads that were playing straight after were beers in the changing rooms, all singing in the change. We all, all the whole squad was in there, staff and everyone. Um, yeah, and the party started from there. We did two days, two nights. Class. Two two nights in Newcastle. Yeah, class. awesome, absolutely oh. brilliant. Did you have any uh, ghetto cider to pick you up over that time? Uh, what the, oh, it wasn't the cider that we had. It was um, oh, what was it? It was a beer or an ale of some sort that um, Brian had managed to. I saw the he, did, he had a, one of his Life of Brian videos, which had a, kind of some shots from the night out. Yeah, and he was talking about brewing some ghetto cider for the boys. Oh, maybe that was it. Which then. basically. I think he'd brewed a beer and a cider. From, oh, I think I had a I've beer. Seen. I had a beer of his anyway. Which I'm not a beer drinker by any stretch. So. Are you not? No, I I've never managed to grasp it. Do you know what? Not only... I, I mean, yeah, I've, I've had plenty of pints in, in my time. <laughs> yeah. Yes, you have. However, I will say this. Maybe the most disgusting disgusting thing known to man is craft ale. Yeah. I mean, it is yeah. vile. <laughs> <laughs> Does anyone actually enjoy it? Or is it just like a macho it's thing? It's a macho thing, yeah. like, It's a macho thing. You got you got to have a beard, and you got to talk about how hoppy or yeasty it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah my head. and it's absolutely it is disgusting. Yeah. If you go to Brewdog, and everything's like sour and yeah. uh, acidic. Yeah. They've got a thing, Brewdog, right? If you go to um, a tattoo parlor and get the Brewdog on your arm, they'll give you free beer for life. No way. Yeah. I would never do that. No, <laughs> neither sounds would like I. A, sounds like a punishment. <laughs> One day you wake up someone's tattooed brew <laughs> yeah. dog on your arm. Yeah. No! <laughs> Ale for life. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. In, fact, not, in fact, your next stag, that is the punishment. You're going to have to get someone the uh, brew dog tattoo. Yeah. Just get a five year. And leave him there. They're not, not a permanent, permanent one. Just one of those five year tattoos. Yeah, I wonder if that's, I wonder if that's henna still thing. the case. <laughs> henna at four, mate. Oh, we're off to Berlin. Um, what day are we on that? I'm honestly losing track of days. This is Tuesday, Thursday, Thursday mm. morning. We fly to Berlin for Will Cliff Stag Do. Um, oh, nice. Berlin is very much the the beer capital. So, uh, well, that's not bad beer because it's like no, it's more. Yeah, it's drinkable. Yeah. You know, when you think about beer, I think I want to have x x number of pints, yeah. like over four, um, <laughs> and I need something which I can drink continuously. So that beer is fine. Yeah. And they've got purity laws. It's when you start messing around with it and have chocolate beer and oh, or, God, or, right. or rest of it. You want nice IPA or just something, something yeah. nice and light? I think the beer, because whenever I've had beer, it's been an end-of-season court session and it's just been forced down your throat. It's been <laughs> two hours later, been vomited any... out, and that's the flavour and reminder I have from beer. You've got associated memories. Yeah, and they're not pleasant. No. <laughs> I've got associated memories with, with Red Bull. Every time I smell Red Bull or energy drinks, I feel like I, like I want to play rugby. Oh, or, really? Or, yeah, or I feel like I should be getting aggressive. Like, like <laughs> Vaseline does it, you know. You put in the, you know, the children to bed and the... Deep you, heat, deep heat. Deep heat, definitely, yeah, yeah. yeah. Definitely. There's yeah. nothing quite like that whiff of deep heat and you're like, well, right, let's go play rugby. This is a very changing room smell, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So what would be your drink of choice then? Oh, I always go, always go cider every oh, time, okay. and I, okay. I'm a bit of a girl. I like the fruity ones. I like a good old, old moot cider, kiwi and lime. That's I think one of my favourites at the minute. Oh. I, I don't, I but can't that, even fathom how you'd make cider out of ki- kiwi and lime. <laughs> bit of yeast, <laughs> bit of yeast, bit of sugar. Exactly. Yeah. Well, probably a lot of sugar in there. There's yeah. no purity laws for cider, so you, you there's no actual law to dis, to decide what. Is an actual cider. So it oh, could be really? Like loads of sugar. And you can call it a cider. Yeah. Or it could be loads of apple. So it could be like apple, 
um, apple flavored fermented sugar. Yeah. Effectively, I think that's it's got right. to have some fruit in there, surely. Well, yeah, it can have any any fruit you want, and yeah. that's the point. That's why you can get like blueberry cider. Yeah. 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 Or but pear th- cider, which would be perry. Those ciders are delicious. <laughs> Hot day, ice cold. Cup of them. Yeah. Very, but it's yeah. not a session drink, is it? I, well, I I don't I can't have more than about. I don't know, three or four of them. I yeah, and then I go hyperglycemic. to dissolve. Oh, yeah, the teeth are gone. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. I assume, let's just put the drinking to one side. I assume actually For now. you are keeping in fairly good shape in between all the drinking, yeah? Yeah, yeah, I've been a uh, well, in a, you know, because I've been knowing in my head I've got a lot of drinking this weekend, I've got a lot of drinking that weekend. I've um, done my best to maintain the fitness levels that I've gotten. Yeah, just sitting on the bike um, every morning, just ticking over and getting the lungs working and just enough to make sure that I'm resting my body, but also not, you know, countering it too much with the alcohol. So. Rugby geek time <laughs> then. What what do you kind of look to do on the off-season then for your, yeah. uh, for your fitness? Uh, so I've done a lot of bike stuff just so I'm off feet rather than running and stressing the joints, give them a chance to have a breather. Oh, not an exercise bike as in like you're, you're cycling around... Oh no no exercise bike oh, exercise like bike, bike or a what bike type bike. thing yeah, yeah yeah there's none at the gym we're using but um, yeah what bike type sessions so I'll do uh, like a twenty minute stint and there's a good one that I do actually so so you do twenty minutes mm-hmm. and on the minute every minute six seconds flat out and you do that obviously twenty times so oh nice and it just gets the heart going peaking and then it brings it back down and you just tick over tick over tick over yeah what, uh, what speed is it for, for the minute then. Um... Not, Do you not, try and keep it constant for that minute? And then yeah, oh, I can't think of what it is on the uh, bikes I'm using. Uh, it's, it, it's probably, I'd say, like a 70% effort. Yeah, it's nothing, yeah. you're not going to like blow your load, but you're also, you, you're ready to go when, the, when the, you know. Got that, that kind of interval stuff and yeah. recovery is so important in rugby, isn't it? Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, you're working absolutely flat out for yeah. six seconds or ten seconds, whatever it is, yeah. and then you've got to very quickly recover yeah. because you don't know, there's no predictability about it. You don't know when your next yeah. big exertion is going to come. That's it. All our fitness is interval stuff. Yeah. Um, so I do this over like you know, off-season stuff, so I'm getting a bit of a fat burner thrown in, in there as well. and. So, yeah, do 20 minutes of that, have a little breathe, and then jump on again, do, like, 15 on 15. What class is a fat burner, then? Just a little tick over, get yeah. sweaty, get real sweaty, keep the heart rate not too high, not too low, somewhere in between. Yeah, because I need to do a lot of fat burners. <laughs> <laughs> so just, you know, trying to pick tips. <laughs> tips from the pros. In terms of weights, then, what kind of stuff do you do? Are you doing more beach weights at the moment, or are you yeah. doing big compound stuff? So, again, I've stayed a lot off the legs, just, again, just let the legs rest up rest, um, yeah. and also your like, back as well you don't want to be loading your back with squatting and bits but you do plenty of that through the season so take them you know for six eight weeks I'm sure you'll manage mm-hmm. without doing a squat um, so yeah mostly body weight stuff um, yeah. stuff on the bar so like chins and wide grip stuff just so it's more like again it's just rehab really keeping the shoulders strong and looking after them at like the wide angle stuff um, yeah and then a few beach sessions thrown in getting ready to wear the vest have you got any kind of go-to exercise that you'd be, you reckon you could beat anyone at, that kind of thing? Oh, beat you, anyone a chin at. Up, chin-up man or a bench press man? or Not a chin-up man, really. I do it well, in, in season, I can squat well, to be fair. I'm, I'm not bad with the squats. Still wouldn't really challenge to beat anyone, especially in a rugby <laughs> environment. <laughs> How about just in the back, then? Let's just take the big boys away. Well, well, I've probably just, got the squat in the backs, to be fair. I think well, it's... Look at pound for pound, that. then, yeah. Because some of the, the forwards... 
I'd yeah. say Mujati weighs 115 kg. He can yeah. probably squat a lot, but he weighs 20 kg more than you. Yeah. So proportionally. Proportionally, he's still got me beat. <laughs> 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 but proportionally, I think, yeah, my squats go. Um, yeah, the beach weight stuff I'm okay at. I had a sh- shoulder injuries when I was young. Well, when I was 18, 19, um, when I first broke into the squad. So shoulders have always kind of, as a result of getting injuries, I've always tried to keep them strong. So they're not too bad now. Not as good as they probably could be had mm. I not injured them, but because yeah. a result of just you're always rehabbing and, and stuff. And what would you, what, what you do to strengthen shoulders? Just uh, you know, press and um, yeah, a lot of like so we got cuff stuff. So yeah. like a lot of like internal external rotation at ninety degrees. Again, same step internal external rotation, like shoulder mm-hmm. raised and um, and then throw in a load of like shoulder press, uh, wide grip chin, anything where the shoulder's almost in what you'd think is quite a weak position. Try and get a lift in there and how much of this is driven by the club do they sit you down and say right Tom yeah. you've got weak shoulders for instance or whatever it may whatever yeah. it may be yeah no, so the this conditioning staff work closely with the medical staff they draw up a, a programme and I've got, I've got sheets and sheets at home of different exercises for different parts of me and from their assessments of me they'll find areas for improvement put a few exercises together and say right go and do ten of them oh nice nice um Going forward, then, when you've been very successful at sale, and then your contract comes towards the end, what is the process of getting picked up by, by Leicester? Do they call you direct? Do they call call your agent? Yeah, so um, pretty much everyone who's first team will be agented. I don't know anyone who isn't. Yeah. Um, so I spoke to my agent in the November of my my last season with sale, and yeah, I just said I'm. Um, quite up for a change to be honest this time round and in the previous time it's almost been a no brain I've been playing regular with Sale I'm Manchester lad I was I just bought a property and it was all like yeah I'd love to stay on at Sale everything was going my way really and mm. um, I'd say the last season and a half at least it's just not not played as much as I'd liked yeah. um, my form's kind of just plateaued and not been playing as well as I'd liked so I just kind of got that you know I'd, like, I'd like, like something new just to get out of that uh, same environment same voices same coaches the same commute and it was just time for yeah something new and and was the Leicester approach completely out completely out of the blue or did you have an idea they wanted you no, well so having spoken to my agent just said you know I've see what's available and um, so we, yeah with Leicester like Gonover was leaving um Miles Benjamin's unfortunately had to retire. Gonzalo Camacho leaving, so there was a little bit of an opportunity there. They'd signed JP Peterson, and um, yeah, myself. So, so uh, is there any kind of discussion around? Okay, Tom, we're going to bring you in, and this is the role we want. We, we want you to fill. We want you to start every week, or we want you to start every other week, and we see your set of skills translating into our team in xyz way have you are you, are you having that conversation before you move um so when i went down to meet the coaching staff and um, owners etc and um having a quick chat there was no nothing in that sense um but they kind of just, you know said this is a, a winning environment this is a place where you know we're used to winning you know and you come here to work this isn't a place of leisure. This isn't somewhere where you come to enjoy yourself. Enjoy, all right. You know, okay. <laughs> albeit you, you will, you find your mates there and you have a crack, don't you? But, you know, it, it having walked around the facility and seeing the faces on the walls, the names, all like the honours and things, it was just, 
it was unbelievable. It was a place you could really be proud to be a part of and yeah. something I'm really you know excited for. you get that for. same feeling? And it's not on the same level, I appreciate. You get that very same feeling when you go and visit Hay- uh, Hayward Road. So if you're playing at like lower levels, yeah. like I am, and then you go and play Hayward Road for a second team fixture or something like that, it's incredible when you go into their bar and you've got all the, all the pictures yeah, of, all, yeah. of all the greats that have played there. Yeah. It does make a difference. I, it really does. And, you know, that's, I think that with the AJ Bell, that's the one thing. It doesn't have that ownership as such. And you walk in, and there's a couple of pictures of like this, Mar- the Marion play- Kukash or whatever his name yeah, is yeah yeah <laughs> a couple of horses and things <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like you know and you just don't have that feeling of I'm at a club here which I get you know alright you know, it's, it's a rented stadium off this that and the, it's and a it's, strange situation that they've got there I mean mm. they needed a bigger stadium I guess but what was wrong what was wrong with Stockport when, I when love it was Stockport mate yeah. it, was, it was good so many people that we've spoken to and we love Stockport because you can go and have a few beers you yeah. get the train out there yeah. was... so many people say the same thing and it's at the moment it's an absolute nightmare to get to the AJ I know I think do you know what in time it probably the AJ Bell will come good I think the reason behind the, the Stockport move was the club would financially never be able to make a profit being mm. based in Stockport so, you know there yeah. was a there was a reason that you know, financially, it ain't going to make sense. I can't sense. imagine it's much better in the AJ Bell because no. the crowds aren't there. And it's not because Zaylon don't have a good product. In fact, they have an excellent product now. Yeah. It's because you literally can't get there. I yeah. mean, if you want to go to the AJ Bell, you better be. You better have like have a sack and survival food for three days. <laughs> you know, start on the Tuesday, say goodbye to the kids, be back on the Monday. You know, it's not easy. It's not. And it, like, you know, with this bridge bloody falling in the river, it ain't going to help either. Oh, but, yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. Um, but we're saying, what. what what the ship there? canal, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, they're they're building a new uh, junction for the motorway. So there's a, there's currently only one, but they're building a second to access the stadium and a lifting platform, or not even a lifting platform, a structural platform was in there, and they were setting it up to do uh, some strength tests, some load tests, and it collapsed before they actually started the the load test. Fortunately, no one was injured or killed or anything because it could have been an absolute. Well, at least they know the results of that. Uh, was it um, unscheduled rapid deconstruction, as they yes. call it in the industry? <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, I have noticed in the AJ Bell actually, there's a lot of building work on there. One of the things we really laugh, they're building their own pub. They've had to build a pub yeah. because there are no local pubs. And, uh, yeah. Which, by all accounts, is doing very well, especially on match days. And I bet it's doing great <laughs> it on match days. Yeah. Yeah. Much days. Which, you know, is an opportunity missed by everyone at first. Like, but yeah. Did you ever have much to do with sale when you were when you were a kid growing up? You were at Ashton Mersey, is that right? Ashton Mersey is my first club, yeah. And. Yeah, I suppose I did. Like when was um, so we had like an under eights competition. I remember it was at Haywood Road. Uh, you know, like these festivals, tag yeah. tournament type things. I love those. I mean, yeah, sometimes on like a really rainy night in February when you used to go to Stockport, like some of the best rugby would be played up, played at half time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and it's quality. Like the, fam- the fans would get behind them and all sorts. Yeah, it is, and everyone's cheering for you when you're dotting the ball down as a little kid. It's class. So. Yeah, from an early and oh, I remember we won that tournament and I was playing. Well, it was a mixed as well. My sister was playing and loaded me mates from school. So yeah, a lot of fun at that and um, went to the Premiership final that Sale were in when I was. Oh God, like, which dude, was ten years like, ago. Ten wasn't years it? ago, yeah, like yeah. So, a week yeah. ago or something. Yeah, because so, yeah. um, the Sale Twitter account was tweeting live That's it, yeah. last Friday. Like, it was the same exactly ten years after. Yeah. Mm. Um, so yeah, I'd have been 15 and I went down to Twickenham with the family and stayed over and watched them 
Pete Lester. So. Uh, you, you, you're from a rugby family. Your dad play? Yeah, my dad plays. A team called Carrington, the Monty Pigs, as they're known. So. I've, I've, do you know what? I've never come across. I've never come they, across Carrington. They are. They're a very lower level team. Uh, yeah. Um, albeit they've been. They got promoted this season. They had a good year. They base themselves at the Windmill Pub, just off the Carrington Spur, ah. just in between like Carrington and Partington kind of way. Um, all the you know, awesome set of lads, and I think they might even be like the the smallest. RFU credited team in the country or something. Is that right? Wow. I think so. I think they've got something. That's a tremendous fact. Yeah. So they they don't have a clubhouse like I say. They they base themselves in the windmill pub. They've got a wooden little hut where they've had that they've had for twenty odd years, and it's all based on the old shell plant grounds. Oh yeah, yeah. You'll have seen, seen it as you drive over towards like Partington on the left. Yeah. Well, sometimes when you play for like uh, the fifth team and you come back from injury or some such thing, uh, you do see names on the. Fixture sheet, and you think, who are they? Like Eagle, and Eagle is actually a pub. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> uh, in, in our league, we've got Lee, and Lee. Um, oh, sorry, in the league before we got relegated, before I left Broughton Park. Um, <laughs> it's a uh, long story. Long story. Um, That's another podcast. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Two, two. We're gonna do it in, like two parts. Um, yeah, they actually play above a pub. Sorry, play above a pub. They get changed, changed above a pub. No way. Uh, yeah. 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 Fair play. So yeah, it's always nice to see these little clubs still, still, uh, proper, still going along. I love it though. I kind of when I go down to watch them, and there's a bloke having a f- cigarette, you know, on the sideline and having a cider for halftime. And well, there's some weird things, you know. It's, class. This, it's going to sound really stupid, right? But I, I, I'm from North Wales and I play rugby there, and all the, all of the teams are named after places. That makes a lot of sense, right? I was shocked when I came up to Manchester how many teams are named after schools. I didn't even think that that was a thing. Yeah, yeah, loads. Uh, and so, also in Manchester, how many teams are named after places that they're not from? Yeah. Like Broughton Park, like Sedgley Park. Oh yeah, where, where's like Sedgley Manchester, Park? Sedgley Park's in Prestwich. Yeah, Sedgley Park have never played in Sedgley Park. They've Is always that played right? in Whitefield. Yeah, Manchester aren't based in Manchester. No, they're based in Cheadle. Pretty much Stockport, aren't they? Cheadle. Miles, yeah. Aren't they? yeah, yeah. Yeah. So after that, how do you get picked up by Sale? Uh, so yeah, playing at Ashton on Mersey right the way through my junior career. Um, did like the play for Greater Manchester, play for Lancashire, um, North of England, um, all these kind of things. And so when I'd been maybe fifteen, maybe fourteen, fifteen, I'd have that's when they had their like ACE program and all these different uh, like, um, because acronyms like, for things. You do find, don't you, that rugby clubs have kind of um, a cyclical system where there will be one age group which is absolutely, absolutely brilliant. I assume that you were the age group for Ashton, the Ashton Mersey club. Yeah, we were pretty good. We did. We got semi-finals of Cheshire Cup. We got the final once or twice. Wow. Won a few bits and peak. We never, we never won the Cheshire Cup though, but we got close. And uh, did anyone else from that team go pro? Um, nobody else went pro, albeit uh, probably one or two. If they'd really like had a go, might have done all right, and they'd at least been, you know, national league stuff. Um, a lot of them just, you know, it was that kind of age where you either go for booze, women, and yeah. the rest of it, or you can keep your head down. So, fourteen to thirty-five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, in terms of the Leicester move, yeah, uh, a couple of seasons ago, Leicester were kind of playing pretty dull rugby, massive pack. And they'd kick the corners and use the pack to drive over. Last season, since majors come in, the way that they're playing rugby is absolutely brilliant. Is, yeah. Was that kind of one of the things that attracted you to, to yeah, go in there? Yeah, you watch, and also you see the way that, well, in an almost a selfish way, you see how the wingers get used quite regularly, come in 
infield and bits and pieces off nine and ten where um, just having watched them you can see how many touches they get in and how exciting it looks to be on the field with with those players around you as well and um, from all accounts as well like Aaron Major's almost philosophy on rugby is just play with your heads up and yeah. there's not a lot of this is how we play in this part of the field this is how, what we're going to do here more un- unstructured a little approach. bit yeah and um, that's certainly the impression I've found and what I've um, what I've been told so far anyway but I guess from from July I'll find out a lot more and did you, I assume you've already met Aaron Major already on um, uh, on your tour and you've gone through all this sort of yeah yeah he, he took me around showed me about talked us through the sessions he likes to do and mm-hmm. um, like the reasoning behind the sessions he likes to do can you give us a, a little indication of the sort of sessions that, uh, you know, without giving away the state secrets of of exactly what what yeah. you will be doing? Um, so, for example, at Sale we'd do a like we'd do our speed agility stuff, hmm. and then we'd do our rugby stuff. Like like that's all done with the conditioning staff, and then the rugby's all done with the rugby staff. Whereas he it says a lot of his stuff so stuff will be integrated. So the conditioning staff will work with the rugby. And Aaron oh, and they'll be doing you know, a set of ladders, set of ladders, boom, straight into a 2v1, straight into a session, or they'll do sprints with ball, with you know creating two-on-ones whilst completing your sprint sessions and things. So a lot of it seems to be um, that way inclined anyway. Yeah, getting you to do lots of skill, uh, you know, high-intensity stuff and like, under duress. But you're also, yeah, you're also ticking the box that the, you know, getting your footwork in, getting your agility in, and you're getting your handle in, you Execution. Well, I mean, so. if you watch him play this week, you can't uh, this week, this year, you can't really argue with some of the agility, particularly uh, Beatham. Uh, oh, Tusa Vineo is oh. unreal. His Aren't footwork's they? class. Yeah. Vianu. Hopefully, try and learn some bits from him. Yeah, real good player. Yeah, it's yeah. amazing. They just seem to pick up like the third, like some third choice players from Super Rugby, and they're absolute superstars. Well, I, Leicester seems to have that way. The they seem to really develop players, and there's mm. you know, there's a lot, there's names in their squads that. You know, aren't necessarily household names, but they'll play most weeks for Leicester, and they're good, solid players now. So yeah, they sort yeah. of like de- develop in, yeah. develop into good players. Yeah, I think that's a really important point actually, because I'm looking at Saracens and uh, our our friend Tim, who does the other po- podcast with us, always talks about Saracens developing and bringing players through, which is absolutely right. I think the secret to success now isn't necessarily buying players. I mean, you mm-hmm. can do that, but it's actually having those structures in and bringing them through. Now, George Cruz was n- like no one three years ago. Yeah. Mario Toji yeah. was... Yeah. You know, yeah. Nothing. Jamie George, no. he's there as well. I know, well. and all of a sudden they become ha- become yeah. household names. I think Sale are a great example of a team that haven't been able to keep their players, and if they had, I know. God, they'd be a good team. Though. You list the players that Sale may have lost in the past four or five seasons of young lads as well, like under yeah. tw- under 25s. Yeah, and that is a sick squad. Like, it is. Yeah. Isn't it? You can do the same with London Irish. Oh yeah, they. Oh, I think they actually the did squad. do that. Didn't do BT seen, Sport put a, a list up before yeah, a game? Yeah, I've seen one of those. That was a team and half as well with like Anthony Watson and Joseph and yeah. Thompson and Corby Sierra yeah. and boys like that. The Armitage boys, of yeah. course. Yeah, yeah. Marlon Yard, Marlon Yard, Marlon Yard. Yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Do you know what? I think the more and more we see um, salary cap regulations tighten up, the more. Clubs are going to be relying on uh, youth. Yeah, that's, yeah, it's like the, the old Moneyball thing. I say the old it was only kind of fifteen years ago that, that first came out. But if you look, what uh, say Maro Itoji, if you were going to get a player of his uh, caliber in the market, you'd be paying. Well, your um, marquee player would take one of them because you'd have to go and get Brody Ritalik or yeah. Ibenetsabeth or someone like that. 
and they will be, will be paying him nowhere near his market value at the moment. Mm-hmm. So you're getting a couple of seasons of very very cheap compared to his talents. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And so everyone who can come like, through like that plays yeah. like, oh, through Saracens. Yeah, especially if you can get him on like a, like, youth, like a youth team contract for the first Ooh. till twenty one or something. Like Mario Todger, you'll get the England credit, the England. Um, Qualified yeah. player credits, so you're yeah. kind of creating room and within your salary. So you also, yeah, you get academy credits as well. Yeah. So because he's come through the academy, he won't contribute towards you know all these RFU bits and pieces. So is that right? Yeah. yeah. So nice. it's it, that it will become more and more important. Yeah. And if you get a player of that caliber, like he is, it feels like he's been talked about as a once in a generation talent. Yeah. So you can't get many like that, but if you can get one or two, hugely important. Um, I've got a quick question for you. You, you, you're a member of the PRA, yeah? Yeah, RPA. RPA, It used sorry. to be the PRA. Yeah. R- Rugby R- Players Association, that, RPA. That, I'm the, uh, well, I was for the last two seasons, sales player representative for the board. Uh. Ah, okay. Okay, <laughs> let's get into this then. Resounding um, R. <laughs> so, I've got a theory. Uh, okay. Feel free to deny the theory, because I'm going to believe it regardless. <laughs> um... <laughs> Do you, did you go to the uh, to the dinner? The, the uh, well, uh, yes, I did. Uh, how uh, how was it? A brilliant, brilliant event. Yeah, fair play to him. they put on a good show. Did you think it was rather peculiar that no Saracens players or no Baths players were nominated for Player of the Year? E- well, so <laughs> 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 oh wow, okay. Uh, I have my own theories, but I feel I can't always voice them. <laughs> no, no. If you don't want to voice them, Tom, then you don't. You okay, so no Saris or Bath players were nominated for. So this is the player, players player. Is the it? players player. Which which one are we on about? Okay, the so the players. The one player. with the players votes. So one with the players vote. Yes. Did you notice that Andy Good was on that list? Yes, I did notice did. that. Yeah. So there's a little bit of that knocking about. <laughs> there's three Wasp players as well as George yeah. Smith, Nathan Hughes, and uh, was it Pietau? Yeah, probably. probably. That sounds probably. about right. Yeah. yeah. To be honest, that, so, being the man at <laughs> sale, I had to get the lads to vote. I had to go around, get the lads voting, and it's more of one of them where everyone's sat around, like, talking to each other, and you know what rugby lads are like. Yeah. Once someone says something, oh, yeah, let's all vote for him, we'll get him in, and a few uh... people have got mates, a few people have friends who are like, yeah, oh, he's one of my mates at such and such, let's all vote for him. And That's so. interesting. So... So there was some collusion. There's a lot of conferring when it comes to players player vote. So it's yeah. not see in the in the NFL they do like a similar thing. You know, like they they do the dream teams. Yeah, yeah. They basically pick by saying if you're an offen- or, you know if you're an offensive lineman, you, you'll pick for the team the 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 defensive lineman. Does that make sense? So the opposite. You're oh, always is that right? Yeah, you're, you're playing, playing against. against. Would be a good uh, good way of doing it. That yeah. Uh, now I've got a theory that it's the play, the players do not pick anyone from Bath or Saracens because of salary cap violations, which now Ooh, feels no, very no, very no. conspiratorial. No, after you just said we picked Andy Good because it was funny. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's no bit of it. To be honest, there is no uh, there's no real bitterness or anything about those doings in the uh, Premiership and stuff. I don't. I'd be surprised if a player didn't choose someone purely because they think they're overpaid or they are in an environment where players are getting paid, whatever. Yeah. I don't think there's any of that, to be fair. So, um, so I disagree on your thing. <laughs> well, I, I, I tend to disagree on it a little bit now you told me, um, you know, kind of the pro, you know the inner yeah. workings of it. <laughs> um, so your role with... Uh, your Is it like a player representative feeding into... Um, yeah, so we'll, well, we, have, we, have a, we have a player manager as well. He looks after a couple of clubs... Uh, so we'll see him twice a week, and 
Oh, was, wow, that, so, that often? Yeah, yeah, so I'll sit down with him and... To be fair, like, you you don't think there'd be much, much, but I constantly have lads telling me this, this, this. Like, mm. there's always bits going on and, and it's across every club, there's always someone got a complaint about something or other, so... And what are the most common sort of complaints? Um, usually, like, something there, they're not getting money or they're not getting... You know, there's bits like that. Yeah. Um, I can't imagine many clubs aren't paying... Actually, how would they? How would just, a player not get their money? I, it's I a lot of stuff. So a lot of stuff with lads that are loaned out, where they've been promised loan deal, you know, loan payments, mm. and uh, okay. faffing around with that, where they've said, yeah, yeah, we'll take him on, we'll give him this, and then they don't uh, give him this. So there's, there's, it's to be honest, a lot of the the younger lads have the troubles, and then a lot of also like the older lads that are coming to retirement have a lot to do with the RPA in terms of benevolent fund or helping towards education helping towards mm. recruiting themselves uh, into the do real world do you think there's world. any particular uh, particular issue that the clubs need um need to work uh, need to work on the most is there anything in, in in your mind that's a bit of a burning issue um I'd say, so there's one thing that is a little bit with me there's um there's a when it comes to like um like early retirements players mm. injury wise um, so through the RPA and you, you, when you sign up you pay your fees you get your premiums and all the rest of it and as a result you get your um, you get looked after by Towergate who will manage your oh, finances, you, yeah. finances. Yeah, and then anything like to do with one off injuries they'll give you a lump sum of cash as a you know a little thing uh, oh but, sorry the tar- so you're using Towergate on the, on the insurance side on the side insurance side also on the wealth management side yeah both yeah, yeah. both kind of things but um Primarily, they do man, you know anything where a lad gets a one-off injury. Towergate, mm. you know, when you sign the contract, it says they will pay this amount for this age player, this amount for this age player, and there's just been a handful of, well, you've promised that and you haven't delivered that, and uh, okay. that's um, yeah. There's another company, Shepherds, where we've had lots of troubles with um, that's like income protection type schemes. Yeah. Um, yeah, so there seems like there's a gap, there's a gap in the market for a good quality income protection what, product. Though, it's so, it, I mean, it's so difficult, you know, because yeah, the, the underwriting involved. I mean, uh, the amount that you guys are getting paid, and also the risk that uh, yeah. the risk that is included. And you know, when do you end the term? I mean, if you're covering a nurse, you you end the term at say 65 when retirement kicks in. For you yeah. guys, it could be you know you could be on Dean Schofield time and not retire till 38 <laughs> or know. you could be on you know Gavin Henson time and retire at 27 so how do you write that term it's <laughs> Gavin Henson time yeah because you retired or did he not just take a couple of years out no he actually retired because of his Achilles and then he split up with Charlotte Church and needed, needed, needed a job split with the income <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. you're talking Steve Thompson and Miles Benjamin time exactly what yeah. I'm talking about exactly, exactly. Yeah, so it, yeah. it is it, it is a really tricky thing I imagine your premiums would be sky high yeah no it's I you know it, it does it all makes sense but I think it's something that all rugby players should really look into and mm. yeah. if you haven't got it then you kind of got that little burden of what if so yeah, I've certainly cool. got my side of things. Did you quite enjoy probably. the uh, player representative side? Though? I did to an extent. Yeah, actually, you know, you get to go to these, sit on these chair meetings and all the rest of it and stuff that I've never done before. So I kind of wanted to do it for the experience of that and see what it's like. And I did enjoy it, and I've learned a lot from it actually. And I've got to say, one well, like one of the most impressive people I have ever met. It, oh, sorry, I haven't met him. Spoke to him. Is Damien Hopley? Yes, I mean, the uh, guy is just a walking so brain, and he set that whole thing up himself, like literally from his own office at home, 
and now you know they're doing bits and pieces almost every week where there's major major events and they've got I don't know must be at least 20 staff now and obviously yeah. it's a, it is a it's a good little setup and there's still bits to work on bits they can improve on but leaving like this year they've improved the standard player contracts from you know like the injury term for example from 6 months to 9 months and yeah, uh, that's good. So you know, there's a lot. There's lots that they've they've done across the year, and the the current thing is they're looking at um, like the minimum wage type thing. So we have a lot of academy players that are on absolute peanuts. And the academy contracts are shocking in some cases. I'm sure you've heard, and obviously they're expected. Well, particularly at Sale and several other clubs are expected to train with the first team, which obviously means that their hours that they're working is considerably more so than the rate that they're getting paid. So. There's lots of contractual issues there, and mm-hmm. they're taking some lessons from FIFA and how they. I think they've worked out a uh, 35. You're working a minimum of 30 hours a week if you take in your appearances and you've got to go to the games and all the rest of it. Yeah, I, I think. Do you so, know, I think rugby players are really well looked after by the RPA. Um, have I said that right? Is it? Yeah, RPA. Yeah, yeah. RPA. Thank you, because I've. I've spoke to other uh, professional associations, and I just feel they've got a very good grasp on exactly what you know what it is that they're meant to do. I was talking to uh, a guy a long, long time ago now who was part of League Thirteen. I don't even know if that's still still in existence. Yeah. Have, have you come across them? League Thirteen. League Thirteen rugby league. is rugby league equivalent, and the reason that they set up is because all rug- all rugby union, all rugby league players, were originally looked after by the GMB union. But the GMB union never used to come down beyond the Pennines. So if you're in Leeds, great, and you'd be looked after like Rob, uh, looked, after, looked after by Rob Burrow's dad. If you're in Salford, forget it. You didn't like like you didn't see anyone. Yeah. And all of their afterlife care, sorry, afterlife, um, <laughs> after career care, um, was basically built. You know, uh, was basically things like you, you are all going to be plumbers, you're all going to be brick, 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 brick layers, and yeah. that's basically what the GMB get union a trade. Yeah. Yeah, get, yeah, get a trade, which is absolutely fine. Um, I think the RPA are much better, at, like leave, like leveraging player influence and making sure you're in the right, like the right place at the right time. Yeah, yeah. When we spoke to Damien Hopley, um, or two things that stood out for me. One was talking about the player welfare, particularly compared to in France, because this was a couple of years ago when there was more high-profile players moving to moving to France, mm-hmm. and that was like one of his big kind of key themes. Yeah, yeah. And the other one was the after-playing career and getting people into training courses and degrees and yeah. it just um, kind of work experience almost getting them out learning things learning skills that are going to be useful long term and that's I think it's really mm. interesting to see who's doing what and mm-hmm. different people doing different things at different levels but it's good that someone is kind of t- almost taking charge in that regard yeah no they haven't as a result you, there's loads of lads doing bits and pieces now and have you got anything that you're uh, well I'd literally just finished well, at the latter end of the season, finished my level three uh, personal training certificates and stuff. Okay, so I'm all, all ticked off on that. Um, I intend to get settled in Leicester, and then in the January, uh, I'm going to start the uh, business and leadership management uh, degree that that's through the RPA. So ah, nice. So, that's yeah. Yeah. With any luck, like in the next two years, I'll have that ticked off as well. So that's hey, you can come and manage too. a uh, podcast studio. Wow! <laughs> Look at that, big time. Big time. Yeah, do you know what? I do. You never know where you two will be. You'll well, be flying. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> a few I mean, retweets of this, and you'll be flying. With your contacts, Tom, you should be start, starting up your own podcast. <laughs> be, oh, be tremendous. Have to tone my accent down a little. 
So, um, with with your with your position um, as you are, then what what advice would you give to a, to a young player coming in? In fact, no. What advice do you do you give to young players uh, yeah. coming in? I, my main thing, I think, is working hard. I think I picked that up. Um, Mark Quato, like top bloke, and you know, supported him as a kid growing up, and then fortunate to now like call him one of my mates. And yeah. his main thing that he always seems to get his successes from is just grafting and. Might not be the most talented naturally, but he practices and practices. And even at, you know, 45, whatever he was when he was finishing <laughs> off, he was still out outside kicking a ball and aiming for something, kicking it at it, passing it at it. It was, it's you know, it's good to see that even at his age, he was always hungry for, you know, just keeping, probably not, I wouldn't say getting any better, but just maintaining yeah. where he was at enough to, and he, he could, if Addy wanted to, he could have signed another year for sale, and he'd still probably be playing regular now. Like he's he's a real good quality player. That's a funny thing for you for you for you guys out wide, uh, well out of centres, wings. Yeah. Which is, I, I suppose, out of all the out of all the players, you've probably got the short like the shortest lifetime. Yeah. Because you can carry on pushing for an for an awful long time. You can carry on being big for an awful long time. Yeah. But yeah. You can't always being carry fast. on being quick. No, exactly. It's tough. And and to be fair, like he's he's never been the quickest, and. Yeah, he, he probably slowed down a bit, but his his game was more just being the right place at the right time. Mm. His understanding of how a, a fly half might kick it to a corner and how a nine a box kick and he, he pretty much error free. He, ca- he caught every ball that went his way, finished every opportunity he got. Might not have had to do a ninety metre sprint, so sorted. He got away with it. Mm. Yeah, I, I loved that uh, half season he played at outside centre. Yeah, when he was scoring tries for he fun. He scored five out of six, didn't he? Yeah, like, yeah. it was absolutely what brilliant. Did he... I didn't touch the ball when he was <laughs> at centre. <laughs> I thought he was playing thirteen when they relegated. When the... no, he was playing fifteen when they relegated Harlequins. I'm sure that was like the last oh, game of the season. For that sounds like years ago. That. Oh, that was yeah, about 2006. Was. Oh yeah, yeah. Or 2005. Oh. I'm just showing off my ribbing knowledge. It's all. I was barely born. <laughs> I'm probably completely wrong on that. <laughs> yeah. uh, so uh, just going back to Mark Quater then, and how and how he played. If someone was to um, someone was to give you your rugby interview now and ask you what kind of player, uh, what kind of player you are. How 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 would you describe how would you describe yourself? A player that I am, and in terms of trying to find just in terms of like say you know. Um, um, I'd like like Anthony Watson's probably the most naturally talented wing in, yeah. in the country. Yeah, I so, don't I don't see myself as that naturally talented. I think I was always good as a kid, um, but it's more because I always looked after myself. I always went on a run every Saturday morning and mm. did press ups every night and sit ups, and I always just felt athletically I looked after myself. So then, when it came onto a rugby pitch, I always was a bit quicker than everyone else. I was a bit stronger than others. And and then I'd always I've always just had a good working hard mentality as well. So I, I was always one of the last ones to come in and stop kicking a ball with me mate and stop passing a ball in the garden. And you know if I go to the shops with my little brother, we'd take a ball and we'd I'd be on one side of the road, I'd be on the other, and in between cars we'd, we'd, <laughs> we'd spin passes to each I'd other. I'd play the game, but there'd be you know, ma- ma- major road traffic collisions <laughs> everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, just always. I always enjoyed every sport. I played footy relatively high. I played for Trafford schools and football okay. and had a bit of success well, actually, at that. Actually, Griggs was a crew, was he not? I, I think so, yeah. He was, he, he was a pretty good player. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, you know. There's been a few, hasn't there? Sippers, was, uh, was he a QPR or something? Yeah, I think he had a 
potential contracts offer with them as well. I think he also played cricket at a relatively high oh, standard. I think he could do anything at a relatively high standard. Yeah, Is that sort of shagging. <laughs> <laughs> Lads. Um, now, how how close are, how close is he and Nev? Because uh, on Instagram, it looks like they're very close. No, I think they are, to be fair. They live together, for a start. Uh, do they? Um, yeah, since Neville come up. I think I think it'll do Neville a world of good not being around him, actually. <laughs> I was surprised that, he didn't, that, that Nev didn't sign for Wasps. I know, I know. They were attached to the hip for a long time, but to be honest, Neville's a really lovely lad, despite yeah. hanging around slips off. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, top lad, and he's done, he's done really well. And I think, yeah, I think... Being away from Sips, although yeah, Sips is all right. Whatever, yeah, okay. <laughs> but <laughs> whatever. It, it's um, so you know, find his own feet in Manchester will be uh, real good for him. It's um, Sips is quite talkative because when he can, comes on on camera, and you see him in interviews, he seems very, very almost shy, quiet and shy. Mm, I'm not sure. I think he's he's well media trained, so. Yeah, just how don't he, say anything. Do not say how anything. How he comes across may not, yeah, always be him. Mm. <laughs> yeah, uh, media, yeah, media training actually. You can see it creeping into more and more rugby players. I mean, some of them, some of them don't care and they'll just go with it. Yeah. O- others, they all just. It's yeah. just cliche, just cliches, isn't it? I think it's boring. To yeah, f- yeah. Well, you don't learn anything. Sure. You don't get. I don't to- think you get like yeah. You you get some people who pay hundreds and hundreds of pounds to sit at a dinner so that they get a player to come in post match and say the same old shit that they've heard from another player who comes yeah. in post match. I don't I think it loses a lot of personality and a lot of its reason like the reason for it being there in the first place. I'll, so I'll say this, we had an after dinner speaker a few weeks ago. Um Dean, Dean Schofield. Yeah. He's genuinely brilliant. Yeah. Genuinely uh, brilliant. He's exactly who you'd pay money to hear an opinion from, yeah. Yeah, cuz you get people go Dean, Dean Schofield. Did he what did he did, yeah. did he go to France? What did he go like second division? No, he captained too long. Yeah. You know. <laughs> he's got something about him like you can really imagine him like captaining a side and yeah, he's yeah. just he's just got he's he's got a, the guy's Charisma. got a presence about him. Yeah. No, he's cool and I think yeah, I think they're the voices you want to hear after a game. You don't need to hear the media trained no, yeah. and you do wonder, like, have you just borrowed that joke off someone else? Or yeah. has someone actually screwed? In fact, I've always wondered, do they get, you know, as soon as you finish rugby, do they go to some, some place where they get their jokes and someone scripts them, like, and in a speech, <laughs> and then away they go. They've got their, they've got their act for the next three years. <laughs> yeah. Who's the best now? What's his name? Um, the Australian, actually. Oh, the Honey Badger. Honey Badger. Nick yeah. Nick, that's his name. He's brilliant, and that's I think that's you know if you could have players like that throwing out jokes, everyone would watch the videos. The videos go viral. Everyone's talking about rugby. Well, he's got very future he, in it. He's like. got very upset recently, you know. Has he? Someone's accused him of stealing some of his sayings. Oh really? And he's very yeah. upset about it. Oh, very upset. I love his stuff. He's we, great, isn't he? We were chatting to Rob Vickerman the other yeah. week. Who uh, he said he was spent a bit of time with him because he'd been doing the seven circuit and yeah. Vickerman's has been playing, and he said. There's no off switch. No, there's, he's just like that all the time. Proper life, it's all it? off the cu- yeah, all off the cuff. He's, so he's a great lad to kind of yeah. spend twenty minutes. I with. can imagine he's having stitches, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, he is good. Well, Tom, I think we kept you for just about an hour now. Gone. No way. So wow. we're not going to keep you any longer than um, than your uh, than your allocated time or your hard <laughs> outs. So uh, thank you very much. You're, you're that always was a welcome pleasure, back. lads. Honestly, thank you for having me. Well, let's um, 
Let's see how you're doing in a year's time after Leicester, and you can come back to European cap. A European, yeah, with your first cap, European cup, and uh, a few more, a few more bits and pieces for the rugby dungeon. Legend and the British and Irish Lions call up. Yeah, that sounds right. It almost sounds sarcastic. Actually, (laughs) do you know what? I will tell you one more story before we go. I once met met Andy Powell. Yeah, legend Evie, quality down here. Of course, uh, played with him. Yeah, Yeah. is it still for two seasons or so? So, true story. This is Andy Powell. Oh, I've got a story. Like, just well. after. I'll share mine after yours. Oh, brilliant. Oh, I don't know why I didn't Just to Andy finish Powell, on Andy Powell's story. Yeah. <laughs> and this is before Andy Powell was Andy Powell. In fact, he was so unknown that I had a, re- a really good friend of me who knows his rugby inside out. And when we were in walkabouts in Cardiff. And when he said, <laughs> I'm, Andy, I'm Andy Powell, my friend turned around to me and said, he's Andy Farrell. He's not Andy Farrell. Right, that's how unknown <laughs> Andy Powell was yeah. at the time. When he's this big monster. This was about 2005. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was well, a long... Before... It, he, was, he was playing at the Blues. Okay. So he's all... I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. But he, uh, we've been kicked out, I say kicked out of, he all, he's, got, he's already been to, the, to what was the Dragons or, or, or Newport. Yeah. He's gone to France, he's gone to Leicester, he's gone to Scarlet. Yeah, do you know that? No. Yeah, yeah he, he was at Leicester. No way. And now he's found himself in... Oh, Cardiff, yeah. and he's broken his ankle. And he's just coming back, and no one knows who he is. Uh, me and my mate Bryn r- remember him from um, his Newport days. So, like, are you, are you Andy Powell? <laughs> he was, yep. And after a few drinks later, um, I asked him, like, what's next for Andy Powell? And he looked us both straight, straight, straight in the eyes. He goes, um, well, first of all, I'm going to be the number eight for Cardiff. I'm like, There's no way you're going to be the number eight for Cardiff. <laughs> Xavier Rush is number eight for yeah, Cardiff. Yeah. He goes, and then. I'm going to be number eight for Wales. And at the time, Ryan Jones was captain. Like, you're not going to be uh, number eight for Wales. And he was probably at the end of the year, uh, I'll be the number eight for the Lions. And he hit, just said you know, it as fact. Yeah. Hit, hear him then, believe him later. Yeah. He did all those things in about He's 12 months. He is the man. Fair play to him. <laughs> like, yeah, everyone's got, an, uh, everyone's got an Andy Powell story. Okay, shall I share mine? Yes, please. Oh, I love right, Andy so this story. was actually my first night out on the beer with Andy Powell. We'd just, we were away, European Cup, well, it was whatever it was called then. And it was the Breve, I think we were in, somewhere in France. And it was a bit of a ghost town of a night out, but... We did one, we got a good result, and we thought, right, we're going to get a few beers down. Us coaches were like, enjoy yourselves, mm. be ready to leave at eight in the morning kind of thing. So we go out, absolutely steamed up, a few drinking games, the whole squad are out, and then we head towards like a taxi rank, or at least what we thought was. 
So I heard so there was this nightclub which was a bit out of town. And uh so we go over to this car and Andy like literally opens up the back door and goes, Boys, in we go, taxis over here. <laughs> so like three or four of us start three or three or four of us start walking over and then from nowhere this policeman jumps out of his car massive canister of pepper spray sprays the lot of us with pepper spray <laughs> what and one of the lads gets it real but right in the face we're like oh my god what is going on and we all like scatter if you've ever been pepper sprayed it is <laughs> no never the thank, most thank unpleasant experience your throat's like pepper it's on fire your eyes are burning and streaming so we all like scatter away and as we're like jogging off and like you know i turn around and this police car had pulled over this car had this person up against the wall being searched and Andy Powell jumped into the driver's seat, told us all to jump in and it was a car that had been pulled over by the police and, and he thought it was all a great laugh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, oh my God. Unreal. So we got, he was just jumping into this car that the police had pulled over. What an animal. <laughs> so of course we got pepper spray. <laughs> yeah. What on earth? And yeah, later found ourselves down the road in a house party full of random French people. Of course, <laughs> of course. Uh, I've got a lot of friends from like, from like South Wales, and everyone met, everyone's got an Andy, <laughs> whether they whether they've met him, seen it or not, they, they've yeah. all got an Andy Powell story. Do, do you know where he is now? He's in a very lower league he is. Welsh team. Somewhere. He is. He plays. I don't know if, even know if he's playing, but he's with yeah. them. He's with Murder. Murder. Yeah. 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 They're all being sponsored by or funded by the guy who is the brother of the guy. Who owns Cardiff Blues? So the 50 Peter right. Pies or, or, or something. Yeah, it kind of puts him into perspective, doesn't it? When like a championship club like Bristol is owned by the eighth richest man in the UK, <laughs> and Cardiff Blues is owned by Peter's Pies. Either <laughs> <laughs> way, yeah, it speaks for their league a little, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, we've not even had time to talk about Steve Diamond. Anyway, got it. Right, cheers, Tom. And, Thank you uh, for having me, lads. You, and you're coming in, and you're definitely coming in. Ne- uh, When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Uh, next year you have to be media trained by, by last year. 12 yeah. months down the road, you'll get no stories out of me. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs>